0: How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Guys, it's Tuesday. You know it. You love it. Our favorite night of the week, Tuesday. Welcome to episode number 62 of How About That Cigar Live. We are here, as always, on Facebook and live on YouTube. This is Matt. That is Garrett. And we are live here, as always, from Forest Lake, Minnesota, as always, from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. And Drew Estate... Would love to tell you about the new announcement for Drew Estate and Cigar Dojo announcing the newest member of the Dogma family. That's right, the Undercrown Dogma Sungrown. It is featuring a Sungrown Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper leaf, a Connecticut River Valley stock cut and sun cured Sungrown Habano binder, filler leaves. Including an extensively aged Lajero from Nicaragua's rarely used Nueva Segovia region. In keeping with the first Dogma release, the Dogma Sungrown is a box press Vitola, this time in a 5x54 size and also blended by Willie Herrera to be a bit more intense than the core line of Undercrown Sungrown. Undercrown Dogma Sungrown will be presented in 24 count wooden boxes exclusively. Through Drew Diplomat authorized retailers, set to begin shipping this August. For more information, please visit DrewEstate.com. So, Garrett, I'm having trouble making words with my mouth tonight. A little
1: bit, a little bit. So we'll get through it. Uh,
0: you know, it's uh, you know one of those things. I don't know. What it are is. you going to do? I can't talk. Um, well, man, so, I
1: had a great week.
0: Okay. Hit I us can't with wait.
1: it. Dude, I, so... Well, if I,
0: you've had a great weekend and it's only Tuesday, that's an awesome thing. Yeah, well, so.
1: weekend, last weekend. Uh, so every... Uh, this was our third year now doing a annual fishing trip with uh, some guys. Matt is uh, uh, familiar with as well that we go out to Lake Michigan and uh, we go salmon fishing. Sorry. Um, and Were you on a boat? Dude, I was on a boat. I was sailing. I'm a sailor.
0: Are you a sailor now? I'm a sailor. You sail? I sail. Like out on the, like way far away from the dock? Way far away.
1: (laughs) And we had just the best time. Um, We didn't catch like a ton of fish, but each of us got at least one. And I got a 13 and a half pound rainbow. Nice. And I cannot wait to put that in my face. (laughs)
0: Are you gonna smoke it?
1: So I'm gonna smoke a little bit of it. Yeah, and then uh, the rest will just be fillets that I'll probably just cedar plank those, and and then uh, Mike got a big, huge king salmon. Nice. That was you know beautiful fish, and uh, we got uh, we got one coho, which I had a piece of raw. Guys, <laughs> nice. fresh like right, right out of the water, right out of the water. Got to love that. It's so awesome. Mm.
0: I mean, just being able to get out there finally. I mean, so everybody watching, all you guys listening, you know, it's been a weird few months here in the world. And, you know, now that things are starting to open up again, it's so great to be able to get out and do things. And regardless, guys, whatever it is, if if you go to, you know, a state park and go hiking or if you go camping somewhere or get out on a boat and go fishing, uh, whatever it is. Honestly, this was the weirdest experience was, and it shouldn't be weird, but it was for my wife and I a few days ago, we went to a restaurant and we sat down inside a restaurant and ordered food and they brought us food and we ate it. And I know that sounds like the most boring everyday experience, but... After all this COVID stuff, you know, some places starting to open up and being able to go and actually sit at a restaurant table and and order a meal, it's its strange how uh, foreign it felt, you know. And so, um, as always, we've been talking to you guys for the last couple of months about getting out there and supporting your brick-and-mortar cigar shops. We are going to continue to to harp on that mm-hmm. as, as time goes on. Fortunately, a lot of shops are opening up. There are even some shops that are opening up their lounges. So you can not only go into the humidor and select a cigar, you can also finally sit down at a lot of these spots uh, and enjoy the cigar and enjoy the best part about the cigar lounge, which is meeting new people, uh, learning, you know, learning about people in your community, sitting down, smoking together, talking about whatever subjects happen to come up at the cigar shop. So, uh, again, get out there, support your local brick and mortars. Uh, if they're only available for sales, that's fine. Go into the humidor, pick out a handful of your favorite cigars, maybe one or two you haven't mm-hmm. tried before, and enjoy them in your own you know, smoking lounge, your own driveway, your garage, wherever you smoke at home. Uh, definitely continue to support the brick and mortar cigar shops.
1: And not to take away from cigars, but really all small businesses that yeah. have... You know, made it this side of this crazy situation. Yeah. Get out there and support small business because yeah. they are the backbone of many communities and uh, need our support.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, like I said, restaurants, get out there, support them. Uh, we even went into a few, you know, my, my, uh, my wife, Amy, loves you know, antique shops and vintage shops and stuff like that. Um, I enjoy them. I tolerate them. I love just being next to her. So I go in there, those shops with her. But, you know, any of those small shops, you know, go, go and visit some new small towns, visit your own small towns, you know, and just support the businesses, you know, of those people who, who live and breathe the communities that you're a part of.
1: Even Michael has a really good point too. I'm sure we're going back to cigars, but. Um, with the PCA not happening this year some companies have released cigars already early and there is some new stuff yeah. out there so go into your uh, you know, excellent point brick and mortar and check out the new stuff that's coming on the shelf
0: yeah definitely um, but guys this is a, we have a great special guest tonight somebody we've been working on getting on the show for a while now uh, Stuff happens in the world so we had to move schedules around a few times but it's finally happening tonight. And as always, our special guest segment is brought to us by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com. They are the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. And you'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Mr. Jeff Borshowitz, believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and coronacigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of it, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. And ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to episode number 62 of How About That Cigar Live from American Viking Cigars, please welcome Mr. Tim Swanson. Tim... Welcome to the
2: show. What's happening, guys? How's it going?
0: Oh Damn. man, it's it's a beautiful night here. It's uh we're having a, a warm week here in Minnesota. For for us, a warm week it was about ninety degrees today. It's gonna be hovering in the yeah. mid mid eighties all week. Uh I would imagine you coming to us from Arizona, that's uh that's an average winter day.
2: <laughs> that's a regular day. That's just a day. It's, yeah. just, it's just a day, yeah. day when it's ninety, yeah.
0: So, uh, Tim, tell us about, um, uh, you know, I already, uh, you know, broke the secret that you're broadcasting from Arizona, but tell us where you're coming to us from and what you're smoking tonight.
2: So I am smoking the Filthy Viking from American Viking, and uh, I'm sure I'll get to tell you guys all about that. I see you guys lighting up some as well. Um, You know, coming to you guys actually from Arizona, from the lounge at the Cigars Daily HQ, which is a a brick and mortar shop down here that my father-in-law and I run together. And, uh, and this is where we do, which where we have most of our fun. And then just a couple blocks to the behind my back is American Viking Cigar HQ, which isn't set up for a relaxation like the lounges. <laughs> so I'm just hanging in the lounge tonight. Nice. So um, Matt and you're
1: yeah and you're lighting up
0: the same. Yep, I just cut the filthy Viking for myself, and I'm about to fire it up. And Garrett is firing up the
1: Dama Velada which yeah. means goat fuzz, right? <laughs> like goat fuzz. Yeah, and you can see from
2: the picture that's really what we were going for. you the person. It means veiled, veiled woman, right? Oh, so, cool! Not, it's like the dame or the dama woman veil. It's like, and and, the, and that cigar is is a really cool story. It's the idea behind it is there's a statue called the Dama velata carved out of marble. And it's the Mother Mary. Her face is downturned, and she's got a veil over her face, and you can see her her face kind of extruding through this veil. And but the whole thing's carved out of marble, and and even the veil is marble. And so it's these this solid stone statue, very strong, with these really delicate features of design in it. And when when we got the blend for that cigar, we said, "Man, this has got the it's got definitely a presence and a strength to it, but very nice." delicate flavor notes. And so I'm actually going to be reviewing that one for Cigars Daily in the near future. But yeah, that's our, that's the newest stick. We released that with the release of American Viking in February. Awesome.
0: Well, we want to, we definitely want to dive in, you know, to the deep end of the pool as, as it relates to American Viking cigars, but we also want to get a little bit of your backstory for our viewers, for our listeners. So people know a little bit about you. So give us an idea about your first experience with, uh, with a premium hand-rolled cigar.
2: Uh, I was my 18th birthday. I, I was like, I, when I turned 18, smoking a cigar was the only thing I could think that I wanted to do (laughs) for turning 18 for becoming an adult. Right. So I, and in my mind, there was this whole idea about premium cigars that, that it was part of, Manhood, becoming a man. And I knew I could buy cigarettes at 18, but that, like, I didn't know anybody who smoked cigarettes who actually liked their own life. So cigars (laughs) seemed to me to be something that men did. And so on my 18th birthday, I went into a cigar shop in Tucson, Arizona. It's a local brick and mortar shop uh, called Crescent, uh, Crescent Tobacconist. They're still down there. And uh, the guy sold me uh, Ashton Churchill. That I went. And this is when you could still smoke inside. There was a pool hall in town. You could play billiards and smoke in there. So me and all my friends we took our cigars and went to the pool hall, and I just smoked that thing and played pool until I was sick, and and then I was in love. I couldn't I, <laughs> even I, got sick, I couldn't take my take my mind off it.
0: Of. Oh, that's outstanding, and that's a that's a great way to start. I mean, there's a lot of great premium cigars on the market. Some that are new, some that have been on the market forever, but. You know, starting out with an you know an Ashton—that's that's, that's a, a definitely a, you know a good way to get out of the gate.
2: Was it a classic white? It was a no uh, VSG. No, it was a classic. It was a okay. classic. It was a, okay. just their Connecticut, yeah, whatever, basically yeah. regular Connecticut Churchill. Yeah, it's such a—it's—it's
0: it's such a great cigar. It's—it's it's, you know one of those cigars that, and it's also that's one of the cigars that I would say that we talked about on a show a while ago that's really consistent. It's a cigar that mm-hmm. if you if you smoked one ten years ago and you pick one up off a shelf today, the it's it's going to taste the same cigar.
2: Yeah, so they really
0: do That's, a good job with consistency.
2: consistency. Is really really hard to achieve there, right? Like it takes mm-hmm. a lot of time, a lot of energy, and effort to get consistency, especially when you're dealing with more than one crop year.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this is a question that I really wanted to talk to you about, Tim, and because yeah, and and this is diving into. American Viking cigars. So everything that's been going on that we've seen going on in the premium cigar industry for the last number of years, really, but especially it's ramped up in the last couple of years. With everything going on in the world of premium cigars when it comes to FDA regulations and high taxes and all this stuff, what on earth was going through your mind that made you say, (laughs) hey, let's start a cigar company? It'll yeah.
2: Be fun, they said. <laughs> It'll be fun they said. It'll be fun. You know, like <laughs> you, you know, you don't get into cigars if you're not willing to fight to do what you love, right? Like they talk yeah. about musicians starve for their art. Well, cigar people have to fight and starve for their art, right? It's <laughs> so like right. there's so many cigar shop owners and cigar makers and 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 cigar tobacco growers that all of them are all in the same boat. And even though we compete, we're all in the same kind of like, we got to fight to do what we want to do. And when it came to, uh, to cigars for me and for my business partner, Jim, him and I both uh, are equal owners in American Viking. And, uh, we were talking about this very early on when we started cigars daily and launched cigarsdaily.com And, uh we we were talking about some of the exclusive stuff that we had put out we we saw very early on that people were looking to our exclusive catalog on our website five to one over the box banded stuff we were carrying and it was like i mean it was it was davidoff it was or it was like camacho who's owned by davidoff uh camacho Avo, drew estate uh uh, Brick House, La Gloria, Punch, Hoyo, Cohiba. Like, this is all the stuff we carried, my father, and a lot of the really great stuff, but people were still jumping to our sticks. They were buying them five to one. We were like, that's just crazy. And, Dude, and it's so fantastic.
0: It, it's great. It was, mm-hmm. it was
2: great. We were absolutely excited about it. We we're like, we think that we could make this even better. And, you know, there's a few things that we were both very, very passionate about. One of them was the actual crafting of cigars. We we're both excited about that. And, Uh, when we put out the Obregato, which is part of the American Viking catalog, uh, that was like our first, like in a box with a band, beautiful, exactly what we wanted basically in a stick. And then uh, we started talking about the idea of like, what if this just wasn't only available from our shop? What if, what if we were able to actually partner with shops uh, at the same time? It's, you know, you guys already mentioned that brick and mortar cigar shops are the backbone of uh, cigars in America. They're a really important part of our lives. And I, I think that's true. Like, Brick and mortar cigar shops are a huge deal for us. Like obviously the goal is to sell cigars. We want to sell a lot of cigars, but this gave us a way to sell more cigars, but also create partnerships with those shops. And, you know, cigars daily, we've got the, we've got our own online platform on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. And, you know, a lot of people really came to follow and trust cigars daily. And we said, well, what if we took, you know, what if we started speaking through our cigars daily platform and encouraging people to visit brick and mortar shops. who are carrying American Viking cigars so that we can be giving people that message, because if the only message we have is buy cigars online from us, like that's good for us. It's not great for the industry as a whole. We're not really contributing as much uh, as if we could really speak the message we want to speak to people, which is go shop at your local cigar shop. Uh, go support the mom and pop shops in your neighborhood. Sit mm-hmm. in their lounge, shop their humidor, and enjoy. Hundred um, percent. So, one of the things
0: that I love learning about um, from different brands because you know there are, there are way more brands obviously in the world of premium cigars than there are factories, and there are so many great cigar factories out there in the world in different uh, different countries uh, with different styles different uh, uh philosophies things like that and i want to know from you um what factory are you having your cigars made at and how did that relationship develop and and how do you guys work on you know the blending process with the people in the factory
2: so the factory is one that we won't share and that's probably okay. which is which is weird for us, because the whole idea behind Cigars Daily and behind American Viking is let us show you how we do this. It's part of the reason that we make videos on the channel and put content out. We show you how we built Cigars Daily and CigarsDaily.com. And then to a, to, uh, to the new degree, we're showing people how we built a cigar manufacturing company. And so we want to be as transparent as we can. The factory asked us early on, they said, hey, at this point, we we want to make sure that we... Uh, keep our relationship adjusted right. Please don't share this with anybody, at least not right now. And, you know, at first I I had a really hard time with that because the factory that we're working with is the factory I would want to work with on the planet. If I could pick up every factory in the world, it would be this one. So, of course, I'd love to shout it from the rooftops. And I was telling Jim about it. I was like, it's like you meet a girl and you're going out with your dream girl, right? Like for me, that would be Tiffany Amber Thiessen from when she was on Saved by the Bell, right? Kelly, like I'd be going out with Kelly and Kelly's like, we can go out, just don't, yeah, yeah, Kelly Kapowski, <laughs> we can go out, just don't tell anybody about it. Especially I would probably sad. be like, yeah, yeah, all right, all right, yeah, so I, you know, you. I get like, I get it, but so the factory is the only thing we don't really put out there right now, but I will tell you, it's a, it's a premier factory, if I said the name of it, lots of people would know the name of it. Um, and the quality of tobacco that's coming out of the factory in our opinion is second to absolutely none. And so, uh, this has been great, but, but developing the relationship, I can tell you guys all about that. You know, we, uh, so you got our, our first
1: price and <laughs>
2: yeah, that's right. Yeah. No. No. we, Sorry. uh, we spent our first few years making cigars with four different factories across Nicaragua. And one of them was actually in the Dominican Republic. And, uh, and the the American manufacturing company to Latin American factory relationship has got a number of hurdles to overcome. There's language, there's culture, there's all kinds of stuff. And you're not able to do business in the same place all the time because you're separated by space. So we were working with four different factories and we had problems, Stuff, the kind of stuff that we were like, gosh, we can't keep operating like this we've got to make sure that we give our customers the consistency and and are able to create an expectation for when stuff is going to arrive and making sure it's in good condition so we started thinking and praying about like what like what one factory we want to work with and we found the factory and I called the factory that we're working with now for a year Before and I kept hearing no, 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 we're not doing anything else with anyone else, right capacity, not gonna happen, not gonna happen. Until the uh patriarch of the family that owns a factory got in contact with me and was like, Hey, I seen you online and uh would like to get together. And that sort of started that relationship, which was really, really cool. It was one of last year in September, we got to go to Nicaragua and we did a whole uh week of touring with when we were there. We made a series of videos with the Placencia family about how cigars are made. And at the same time, we were meeting with this factory that we knew we wanted to be working with. So we had this whole other covert side to our trip to Nicaragua. We spent about a week there, and we got to go over all the blends to make sure that they were just right, exactly what we wanted from them. We did a lot of the design elements for boxes and, you know, how's the stuff going to look, what's going to be shaped like. And I got to put together, you know, the biggest order for cigars I've ever made in my life, (laughs) (laughs) which is awesome. Anyway.
1: It's got to be a blast. Uh, no, we, do have a, we do have a question. Uh, Colton Johnson says, uh, hey, Tim, any ideas for your next blend release yet, or is it too early?
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's too early. It's too 2020 to tell right now. Right? <laughs> because, yeah early and late early and late has left the conversation it's way too
0: 2020 right now bro
2: yeah yeah it's like what the (laughs) hell is happening you know yeah the, the complications that we're finding are are not only with fda and fda regulation and just a quick note on that that's been really positive forward progress for the cigar industry with regards to fda regulation for about the last year We've yeah. had a year of some really great wins with FDA regulation stuff, and and now just this last week, I was reading an article on Half Wheel that a group of about a half a dozen Congress people got together and wrote a letter to President Trump asking him to alleviate the uh, the cigar industry of the FDA regulations right. that are sort of unfairly applied. So yeah. that's that's all separate. But uh, as far as the question. You know, when we first launched American Viking, people were asking me what the next thing would be. And my answer was, we've got to probably sell some cigars before we can dive into that one. Um, But at at this point right now, it's still very like we we honestly don't know what's going on. We're working with the factory right now on a couple of things. But what that's going to look like, we've got we've got a window right now. Uh, basically from now to September where, you know, new stuff can be made, new things can be created. And then the FDA is going to try to shut the door on that. And that may or may not ever happen. That's a deadline that's already been pushed back several times. So yeah, um, for us, it's there's there are a lot of question marks we're still trying to answer. That particular question is one of them. Uh, when we do the next thing, what is it going to be? How are we going to get it done? And what do we need to do to make sure that it happens? We've got some really cool ideas, but uh, it's stuff that we got to make sure that we follow the steps in order to get to.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, I, I want to
0: just say quickly this as I'm smoking this this filthy Viking here, and I'll show everybody on video that you know it's it's holding up beautifully. You know, it's it's uh, uh, smoking very nicely. Um, the you know. it's it's got very very classic approachable flavors to it. There's spice. There's Um, there's even some sweetness there. There's, there's this interesting sort of, I don't know, it, maybe I want to almost say that I I get little hints of like cinnamon and vanilla here and there with some, some kind of sweetness to go along with, uh, some nice spiciness through the, especially through the nose. So, and it's like, like you can see, everybody can see on video now it's burning like a dream. So what, Garrett, what are your
2: thoughts? Matt, hold yours up because I'll tell you guys this. Matt and I lit our cigars at like the same time before the show. <laughs> <laughs> I just smoke it a lot faster.
0: Yeah, I'm, Ga- I'm like, well, Garrett can attest that Garrett yeah, always outsmokes me on the show. I, I, I smoke slower.
2: Um, Yeah, same. The,
1: the construction, you know, is uh, just about razor sharp on this burn. The ash is uh, holding together very nicely, and the flavors are uh, much different from— you know the cigar matte smoking um i would say almost citrusy on on this there is just a slight pepper on the finish um but really this is a uh started out as a mild er and uh we're into a medium on uh strength and flavor right now but i'm loving it my first my first american viking cigar
0: yeah same here same here and, and thank um, you tim for sending us yeah. these to sample they're really Really, very nice, Dama Velada.
1: That's fun to say.
0: I want to know about the. I want to know about the the name of the company, about the name American Viking Cigars. What's the origin of that name, and and uh, what made you decide to uh, to name the the company
1: that instead of American Packer? Yeah, instead of yeah.
2: <laughs> um, the uh, you know, the Viking things really started with the. Uh, it started with the filthy Viking. You know, it was sort of like. And and the filthy Viking is it's my blend. I'm Scandinavian. Uh, you guys are, are coming at us from Minnesota. All of my family is there for generations, and uh, so when when I was looking at doing a, a stick, this is years ago when the Filthy Viking was the very early stages before Cigars Daily existed. It was uh, I wanted to name it Valhalla. We oh yeah, call it the Valhalla cigar. This is like a great, like really, like super amazing Nordic idea. But Kaizad Hansosha at Gurkha already had the trade name for it. So uh, I, I called him and I said, hey, can I, can I buy this trade name from you? And he, was, he said, you can have the trade name if I can make the cigar for you. And I said, no, I really already lined up where we're going to go with the cigar. Is that the only way if I let you make it? And he's like, yeah, basically and I didn't know at the time Valhalla was a cigar he only made for Thompson. And that was when Cigars International was buying Thompson cigars. That was a part of that transaction. So he was trying to like work me into the deal to get this <laughs> trade name. But I was like, no, I don't, I don't like that. I'll just move on. And that was when I was like, well, I, I need something. I want to honor the heritage. And and it was like one day a just filthy Viking just came out of my mouth. And so that was the, the beginning of this stick. But when it came to the American Viking, it was like, okay, this is the next step of this thing. This is the next phase of this thing. And, and Viking is very clearly a part of what we do and who we are for me, for what I do and who I am very clearly. And so we were like, you know, it, American Viking really starts to include a lot more people in that. Like, it's not just about me being from, my family's from Norway. My great, great, great grandmother was the, a lady in waiting for the queen of Norway, right? So we're like, we're, we're all up in there, up in that Viking business. And yeah. so this was a way to sort of bring it to our home here. Uh, not just Viking, American Viking. So I,
0: love it. I, I know that Garrett's got a question about the Vikings. No, I'll ask it for you because it has to be. Ha- be right like you, a- so you being in, in, oh, yeah. in Arizona, are you are you a Minnesota Vikings fan?
2: No, I am not. Okay. I am. I, I am. Uh, categorically broken as a man when it comes to sports yeah. because I don't Well, I like playing sports, but I don't watch or understand watching sports. Fair so, enough. Yeah, man. Fair.
1: Yep, totally get it.
2: Yeah. Um, I can, go, I can go, go play poker. As soon as people start talking about sports, I shrink into the corner. I'm just like... <laughs> oh Have you guys seen the yeah. new Marvel, Marvel movie? <laughs> 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 Has anybody bought a new PlayStation game this week? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, and not really anybody talks about sports right now because they're, you know, they're really right. they're, they're non-existent.
2: Existent. But I mean, with that regards, everything is like my dream. Like it's amazing. Yeah. I don't have to talk about it. <laughs> big
1: sporting news. Did you hear who uh, got on the cover of Madden twenty twenty? No, Lamar Jackson. Oh, nice! And that beast deserves to be there to be sure. To, yeah, for sure. Isn't
2: that isn't that like a curse? Like getting yeah. on the cover of that, it's, it's like no, a it's curse no. for the team.
1: For some, for, well, I would say for the majority, there has been a Madden curse for sure. Um, and I'm hoping Lamar beats it because this dude is, he's ridiculous. I think he's going to be an elite quarterback. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'm just so impressed with him. Can't wait to see what this next year holds for him. You're do you getting, think, do, you that.
2: Think that the, do you think the curse could come out of the fact that when the game comes out, all the players on that team get it and start? playing with their own self and, and then it, it just taints how they can play.
1: Well, playing with one's self and taints, isn't a good <laughs> thing to all put together. And we should be re-
2: piecing together my yeah. trail.
1: Let's uh, <laughs> no, I, um, I think we're going to get a lot of people to really surround Lamar Jackson um, as a, as a great player. And um, I think, you know, that franchise is just going to invest in around him and we're gonna see some ravens yeah i agree he'll be really
2: good for basketball as a whole
1: totally the nba (laughs) nhl absolutely
0: so um i want to know more about you know this this blend here the first blend you know the filthy viking um because i really am genuinely enjoying this this cigar so um you know, give us and if it's a secret, it's a secret. But give you know, no. uh, break the secret and give us the the lowdown on the on the blend here for the Filthy Viking.
2: So, uh, Filthy Viking is as it has always been a habano wrapper cigar, and uh, and the the binder and fillers basically you're going to get is Nicaraguan. They're Nicaraguan binders and fillers, uh, but the habano wrapper on the outside. Uh, we smoked through several of these to get to this one and got to that really nice creamy consistency and the sweetness from the wrapper. Uh, When my reviews for the cigars daily YouTube channel is like, the wrapper sweetness is one of the most important things to me in a cigar. And so this one had to have that just right wrapper sweetness. And it's the only cigar that I've ever heard people say they get butter notes out of it. And I I find Mm -hmm. that I do occasionally I'm puffing on it. I'm like, it's a little like, it's like, almost like butter. Yeah. Like, and there, and there's a whole thing I have about like flavor note bias. The second I say a note, you start looking for it. It's easier to find, but yeah. right. as far as the blend goes, you know, really when I say Nicaraguan binders and fillers uh, for me, that means a whole lot. Cause I know the quality of the tobacco. I know that I know the work that goes into this stuff. Every leaf inside this thing is aged for a minimum of three years before it ever gets rolled into a cigar. And uh, I think the wrapper gets aged even a little bit longer than that. And so, uh, but it is, uh, I'd have to go back to the, I'd have to go back to my blending notes to see, make sure all the binders and fillers are Nicaraguan. I might not be speaking outright on that. I should know that.
1: No, it's all good. And, you know, coming from cigar media and going into making a cigar, there's got to be a a level of, uh, you know, Matt, well, that process must be a bit snobby because you don't want to put out a cigar that's, you know, I'm just going to make a cigar. You know, there's got to be a real labor of love, a real, you know, process behind, you know, all of that. Can you kind of take us through without grabbing notes and really getting deep deep into yeah. what that process looked like for you and how fun it was and
2: all of that? You know, the, the filthy Viking has been around for a while. And so this one was already sort of in a corner for what, where the flavor was going to be, how sizes were going to be and what shape they were going to be. All of that stuff was sort of already, I had that because it's been, it's been around even long before American Viking was, but, and I'll tell you guys, it's, you know, the process of putting together a cigar is not necessarily a snobby involved deep process. Like There are there are only a few great cigar factories out there, but there are a lot of cigar factories out there. And I mean, you'll find everything in the cigar making world from a factory that says, let's say if you guys wanted to make a cigar, a factory might call you and say, send us the cigar you want us to make. And you can pull right. any cigar out of the humidor. You could go grab, you know, a Drew Estate Herrera Esteli Habano Robusto and send it to them and say, make me that and put this other band on it. And they'll they'll do that. Like, they've right. got yeah. people there who blend as close sort of as they can. Uh, for me, with uh, American Viking, there was a few things that were really, really critical. And this is something that Jim and I both did together when we went to Nicaragua. Um, I mentioned to you guys that early on the uh, the – the blends, and that's, you know, the Filthy Viking, obregado the Liga Zebra, and Box Press Rebellion. Those were our first four sort of really big cigars. And the Rico Barato, it's in a it's a bundled stick. Uh, people were buying those five to one. So for us, that actually simplified the process because we had these blends, these exclusives that people were already all about. And so when we went to Nicaragua, we said we had them made at four different factories, and we said we're going to consolidate. So we sent all those cigars to the factory ahead of time and had them blend that stuff up. When we got there, we were able to smoke our blends already blended, and it was literally like, okay, uh, tell us, is it too spicy? Is it too strong? Is the strength need to be higher, lower? are you missing notes? Do we need, do we need to add new notes or something like that? And we literally sat with a master blender because a master blender, I am not, I don't think Jim considers himself a master blender. You know, we sat with a real blender and went through them and smoked them and, and we smoked them and tried them and, and went through the process until we were like, yes, that. And for Jim and I, the critical element is that both of us look at a cigar and say, yes, this, like, yes, we both are willing to put whatever it takes into buying enough of these to furnish, you know the cigar loving world with them.
1: Yeah, awesome.
0: Um, tell us about the uh, the one that that Garrett is smoking right now, um, Dama Valada. The Dama Valada and and the lowdown on the um, you know what what smokers can expect you know from flavor profiles and a smoking experience with that that cigar.
2: The Dama Valada, people can expect to enjoy one of the biggest mistakes I've made in the cigar <laughs> world. In the last five years. I so, like where it's going. What, what, what's I'll tell you time? all about that one. And no one's called me out on this yet and so I'm waiting. So I'm just going to, I'm going to try to head it off of the pass here. When we started talking about Dama Vallada, we're just, we were talking about a new blend. We're going to be releasing a new blend. And when, before American Viking, when a lot of these cigars were only available on cigarsdaily.com, we, we had some that people really loved. You know, the, the, the Filthy Viking was mild to medium. The League of Zebra was mild. Uh, the Box Press Rebellion was really a little bit fuller. It was really medium plus, but we didn't have anything really full-bodied. And so uh, we had a lot of those. Everybody was asking for a Filthy Viking Maduro. Can we do a Filthy Viking Maduro? And I, you know, I was Jim and I were talking about. It. I said, you know, I think that if we're doing American Viking, the catalog really needs that full-bodied end to it and maybe a filthy Viking Maduro isn't the way to start maybe its own full-bodied cigar is the way to start so I started telling everybody online hey we're doing this new blend it's gonna be dark it's gonna be rich it's gonna be full-bodied it's gonna burn your face off your face will melt to the floor because the pepper on the retro. it's gonna be amazing and then we went down to the factory to do the the uh, actual blending testing smoking solidifying the catalog and we smoked, first of all, we smoked the Box Press Rebellion, which previously was very medium-bodied. But it was it was the same flavor profile. It was just much stronger and darker and very full-bodied for us. We were like, oh, that's really good. It was also a lot more expensive to make. And then we smoked the Dama Volata, and we were like, Guys, this is not like I I asked you to come up with a a fuerte, a full-bodied blend, something punchy and strong, and it's not this. But Jim and I were both like, this is the next cigar. But you guys didn't make this isn't exactly <laughs> what we asked for. But it is the next one because we freaking loved the thing. Yeah. So we, we literally we came back to the drawing board and I was like, well, I could suck wind on social media for a while and explain to people why we were going to come out with a super full bodied stick, but instead we're releasing a habano rosado medium bodied stick with you know a nice flavor profile. Mm-hmm. And you know today it's it's gotten a amazing reception from the people who are uh, smoking American Viking cigars. They absolutely love it, which is great. But, you know, it definitely wasn't what we shut up for. The other thing is, uh, I misspelled it. I spelled okay. it. There's there's an A in there that should technically be an E. But I like it that way, so we're just going to keep it that way. Okay. So it should be V-A-L-E-D-A. I think it's V, yeah, I think it's V-E-L-A-D-A or V-A-L-E-D. There's an E in velada, But I like the way it looks with all A's. I kind of like it. Yeah, and and it's, it's,
0: it's, it's, it's actually not uncommon that, because, and you probably probably know this, that um, some of the Spanish words and, um, you know, variations of them are, um, on some of Steve Saka's Dunbarton cigars are, are misspelled. And he he said, he says, that's my gringo way of, of that's my gringo method of Spanish. And I'm going to stick with it. So I, I I
2: think it's fine. Yeah. And it's fun to say, and it's fun to say, Dama Valada. Dama Valada. You know, that one, and, and it's 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 a classic cigar name. People mispronounce it. They in the Cigars Daily HQ here, they all either call it the Demi Lovato or the Dalai Lama, or the or some people just some people just call it the blah, blah blah blah. You know, they, they it just doesn't make any sense. At all. So. I
0: don't I don't think I'm ever going to be able to call it anything other than the Demi Lovato now. Right. No. <laughs> okay. And my yeah. my. Uh, most likely now, my my daughter is gonna. I'm surprised she hasn't come out here already. You know, hearing the word, hearing the name Demi Lovato. I'm surprised my daughter hasn't come out and said, "What, Demi Lovato? Where?" So.
1: <laughs> llama, llama. Hey, how about a little something <laughs> for that effort?
0: Llama. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to ask you about the, you know, the 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 PCA. Uh, the cigar trade show. Were, were you guys, you know, as as a cigar brand, because you know, Cigars Daily, the shop, Cigars Daily, the the YouTube channel, but then specifically for American Viking Cigars, were you guys planning on, or had you ever exhibited as a brand at the trade show? No. And, you, and, and here's planning why. On doing it, even though it's not happening yeah. this year. Were you ever planning on it?
2: PCA was basically a foregone conclusion that the answer would be no. Okay. And uh, not because we, like, disagree with PCA or think PCA is bad or wrong. We actually are huge fans of what PCA do. They're one of the leading organizations for fighting for the rights of cigar smokers, and we support that. In fact, uh, Jim and I both go to the trade show every year and have an absolute blast while we're there. But, um, you know, it was it was the year before – we started American Viking, where you know Skip Martin from Romacraft was posting about how expensive PCA was getting. It was all the stuff that eventually led to all these massive companies pulling out of the trade show. And he was talking about this unionized work and that, where it cost six thousand dollars to hang a banner and a hundred dollars to run an extension cord, and and you had to. They weren't allowed to bring, you know, water bottles out. They you had to have a union worker doing it. It was just very expensive. It yeah. turned into a very, very expensive trade show where, you know, so many brands and brand owners that I've talked to have been like, "Oh, PCA, IPCPR, whatever they call it, is a, it's a foregone conclusion that we're not going to make money at this." Yeah. And so Jim and I, you know, we we one of the nice things that we both think the same way. We were like, "Yeah, we we want to run things lean." At least in our first year, two, three years, we should be run real lean, and uh, that's how we did it with Cigars Daily. We we ran it lean, um, and still do. Um, but when it came to that, you know, we we went to TPE in January, and that trade show was pretty. That trade show was like, okay, we this la- or last last year we went to TPE this year before the world ended, and uh, and we talked with owners, brand owners who were like. We turned a profit in our first day. And these are the same brand owners who the previous June at, at IPCPR were like, yeah, we're going to lose money on this thing. Like we have to sell a ridiculous amount of cigars to even break even at this. And so when it comes to the whole PCA thing, like it's a, it's a no brainer. Jim and I would go, we would attend it. We would buy our tickets. We'd go in, we'd, you know, buy deals for cigars daily and for cigars But for showcasing American Viking cigars, we you know we we may think about like a tpe or something like that uh it would be really cool if it, if it happens in 2021 uh but at this point the pca thing it's it's seems like it's i don't want to say out of our league but it's not the type of thing we'd consider right now
0: yeah it's sad that it's
2: not happening because we would want to go to it right yep.
0: yeah well it makes a lot of sense it and there's does. there are a lot of companies that are in the same boat um you know it's it's uh it is extremely cost prohibitive. And like you said, the return on investment has to be there. Um, and it has to get, you guys gone. Well, I had, I had covered it in the past, um, back before. How about that? cigar? Yeah. Back before. How about that cigar? Uh, I was with blind man's puff. So I attended some of the trade shows, uh, back then and, and covered it as media. Uh, and, um, you know, it's it's a fantastic show. It's it's wonderful. It's a great experience. It's uh, you get to meet a lot of people and build a lot of great relationships. But looking at it from the perspective of of a brand owner, which we're not, but just hearing from all the brand owners, um, especially from small to medium sized brands, um, it is it is very difficult to to make back the investment and um, not put a burden on your bottom line at the end of the, at the end of the year. And so I understand the company's not going,
2: you know, it's the, when you're in cigars, and this is a, this is, I think one of the travesties of cigars, you guys, we talked about at the beginning of the show, like you don't get into this unless you're willing to fight for what you love. And, and as any cigar company, whether it's a brick and mortar cigar shop, neighborhood cigar shop, or whether it's a online company or whether it's a cigar maker or cigar factory you're already existing under so much regulation yeah. mm-hmm. and like there's like so much you have to do like people don't think about you like it's harder to find insurance people who will process your credit cards like regular day-to-day stuff that businesses have to do it's harder to do when you're in cigars because they're made of tobacco yeah and so we any, any company you see or any shop you walk into is already started with an uphill battle. And then you take the trade show and you make it, you know, prohibitively expensive. And it just, it's like, how how much of this can we take before it breaks us? You know?
0: Yeah. So I want to know also a little bit about the origins of, um, the retail shop and also the origins of, um, your media outlet, you know, the, the YouTube channel. So, um, go back and tell us a little bit about the origins of the, the cigar shop cigars daily. Uh,
2: I, I, well, I'll start from the beginning. I'll give you the Polaroid snapshot of, of getting into cigars for me. You know, I started working in cigars in a retail brick and mortar neighborhood cigar shop as a clerk, uh, this lady who was working there before me had, had completed her master's degree while she was working at the shop. Like she finished all the assignments, just sit behind the counter as a clerk. And she finished her master's and she was going on to do like hotel hospitality and she quit. So I got the job there. It was all, all the time I was a pastor trying to be a pastor at a church plant and trying to make enough money to pay my bills. So I'm working at this cigar shop. And then, uh, eventually the opportunity to step up and become the director of operations for the, the a chain of cigar shops in Arizona came in. And that's I stepped into that. And that was uh, a place called Cigar Warehouse they had about four locations. And also a website uh, that used to be called tntcigars.com. And which have all, by the way, since are gone. They're, they've closed their doors. And I don't even think TNT is open anymore. Uh, and my job was to, you know, sort of work through this, Um, TNT Cigars website and to grow the profitability of it. And as I was doing research about cigars and online sales, I discovered that it is illegal to advertise tobacco. Did you guys know that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like nobody will take your ad money. Like we had money to spend on ads and nobody wanted. So I looked into the social media side of it and I was, I came back and I was like, we've got basically two options for this. We can either uh, advertise on pornography websites and and they'll take our money or we can do the social media stuff and I think I've got a good idea for it And so that was when we started doing social media there and uh, and that was a, back in the day the TNT cigar review if you guys don't remember that
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, we did that for a couple of years before I, I, I after talking with my wife we sort of realized it wasn't going to go anywhere it sort of maxed out where I was with the company I worked two years there didn't really get a raise, you know. The company's profitability grew about fourfold, and uh, and that was through the work of a lot of people, not just me. But I knew that it wouldn't be going much further, so I was just going to quit, and I was just going to leave the cigar industry. I told my wife I applied to Bank of America to be like a sales manager, and that was when Jim, my business partner at Cigars Daily, who's also happens to be my father-in-law, pulled me aside for lunch, and he was like, "Hey," he said all that stuff you did online with cigars, do you think you could do that again? And I said, probably. And then he was like, how about you do it with me? Let's do this together and we'll jump in. I was like, wow, that's kind of a cool idea. And so in January of 2018, I started a new channel called Cigars Daily. And uh, in seven weeks, (laughs) at the beginning of 2018, we got our space leased, we opened up accounts with the manufacturers, got the cigars in, built the website, populated it with the products, put out a video almost every single day and launched. And it was like, it was the most intense seven weeks of my entire life. 90 hour work weeks of going in early in the morning, working till early the next morning, sleeping a few hours and then doing it all over again. And a lot of people did that with me. It was great. And so, you know, when that really took off in a good way we found ourselves having to move in our first year. We, you know, yeah. Jim was, Jim asked me, he's like, how, he's like, how much revenue do you think we'll do? How much do you think we're going to grow? And I gave him some estimates that I had from my experience in the past. And uh, so we rented a space based on what I thought we could do. And after like three months, I went to him and I'm like, Hey, we probably need to move. Like we've we've already had to to double the size of our inventory here and now we got to go somewhere else. So, you know, he did the searching for the next one. He found the space that we're in now for Cigars Daily, but it has been like the coolest thing ever that I've done in my life. You know, uh, with cigarsdaily.com, I do the videos for the marketing. I get to do all the promotions. I get to do the ordering. We have an amazing staff of people here that takes great care of our customers and I mean, it's just, it's as much as anybody could ever ask or hope for.
1: Yeah. Did you do the Jaws line? I think we need a bigger boat because that would have been great.
2: <laughs> I did not. I, I did a Ghostbusters line. Tim. I did the Ghostbusters line when they were hanging the sign. I said, I said, you don't think people are going to drive down and not see the <laughs> yeah. sign? Which is, that's, like,
1: that's Ghostbusters. Good. All right. That, that, that's good. I love that.
0: I'll always take a Ghostbusters reference. Absolutely. Any day of the week. Now um, there's a
2: new one coming out. There's a new Ghostbusters coming out. You guys know this. I I'm, did. I'm very, I'm references. very
0: hopeful. I'm very hopeful. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic because that movie was, uh, that movie was. I went with my brothers to see that movie in the theater when we were kids, and uh, I absolutely uh, that movie is probably top. No, definitely top five favorite of my childhood uh with, oh, yeah. you know watching that movie and 100%. uh
1: did you know that there is like a huge cult following of ghostbusters and all of these guys who um, and people who get together and have these costumes and reenactment scenes and gadgets that the they built but it goes way beyond cosplay like it goes into reenactment like major reenactment of certain scenes, and uh, dude, like I had no idea it was that intense. I, I met somebody to know, who told me that, dude. That's, yes, that's great. they're like for real. Hey, that's a big Twinkie. <laughs> 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 I want to give an update. The
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, on uh, the Dama Velada, um, this is delicious and uh, I will definitely be getting more. Uh, somebody had asked early on where people can get this, and, um, and so let's do a shout-out now for where people can get this, but we'll also follow up at the end of the show as well. But, Tim, where, where could people pick
2: this cigar up? Or yeah, my first recommend? recommendation is check out Uh We are currently working to build relationships with brick-and-mortar shops, uh, hopefully in your neighborhood, where you can go pick up the sticks. And I'll tell you, it's been, it's been interesting. People keep asking me how American Viking is going. And I said, every, anytime you launch a company six weeks before a global pandemic, it always goes great. And <laughs> that's really how, how it has been. Like, you know, we, we launched, we had a little bit of growth, it was great. And then the whole world shut down. So now mm-hmm. as things are reopening, uh, we just in the last couple weeks have added Arkansas, uh, a shop in Jacksonville, Florida, today just placed their order, so they'll have it by the end of the week. Texas, and there's one other state that I'm missing, but we're currently in Arizona, Nevada, California, Alaska, Kansas, and the states I just mentioned. Um, so, my, my first thing is check out Americanvikingcigars.com. Of course, the stuff is carried on cigarsdaily.com, but there are other websites that carry it too. Highlandscigars.com, H-I-L-A-N-D-S, cigars.com. Carries American Viking. And I don't think any of our other retail partners have got it online yet, but I'm itching for online competition for American Viking cigars because I think competition's great.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it is. Yeah, competition makes everybody
1: better. But uh, going back to the the transitions, dude, this cigar is just delicious. It is... uh, it's smooth. It's got uh, very unique flavors. Um, I can't pick out a certain note. The citrus thing that I had going on before that's totally gone now, and uh, we've transi- transitioned into something else. But it is. I'm enjoying this thoroughly, Matt.
0: Yeah this this one. I mean, you can see it's it's burning just the way it should. It's got a nice pyramid shape to it. The burn line straight across. It's uh, the the Flavor wise, I won't say that this one is transitioned to anything, but it's very consistent. Um, I'm still getting. I mean, I I am getting just a hint more power, you know, in kind of this final third, you know. But it's not. It's it's not a strong cigar. It's just there's there's just a little more volume, I guess, in this final third. Uh, but it's it's uh, you know it's it's extremely smooth. Um, you definitely did in, insert that butter note into my head, and I can't get it out of my head now. <laughs> uh, but it's it's there's great sweetness to it. Uh, again, I, I get almost sort of like uh, vanilla, cinnamon, um, little bit of spice through the retrohale, but um, not it's not a spicy cigar. It's just I think it's very well balanced, and it burns incredibly well tons of smoke output too yeah a lot which is of good great.
1: smoke output with both of these and i mean this wrapper um that's one of the things that um i absolutely love about a smoking experience when i don't have to worry about the burn when i have to be you know touching it up or it's tunneling or you know canoeing on one side and uh, it's not unraveling the wrapper uh, or the the band I love when companies do right with the band. Nothing is more frustrating than uh, taking your band off and you get some wrapper with it. And,
2: and the whole cigar goes with it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the whole cigar could go, you know. Um, and so beautiful wrapper on this. And it's just, it's been a great experience.
2: So one of, one of the big, huge, central things for American Viking is uh, has to do with, with not just the, the blends, but also the design elements uh, for a lot of the cigar rings. And th- there are two cigars in, in the catalog. One is called the League of Zebra. The other one is called the Box Press Rebellion. Both of those, the cigar ring designs were uh, influenced by the, by people who are already smoking the sticks online. People who are following cigars daily. When we did the band or initially when we launched the League of Zebra, it, it was a naked stick. It was just a barber pole with naked and, uh, then, when we put a band on it, we started putting design ideas in front of the audience and saying, which ones do you really like? And letting that influence how we worked. And then, when it came to doing the band for the Box Press Rebellion, uh, we said, okay, we want the audience to pick this one. So, we literally got a whole design contest going online and had everybody come and vote on their favorite uh, designs. And completely by coincidence, the guy that initially did the League of Zebra band that we picked to his design to make the band, the audience picked his design, picked the same designer for the Box Press Rebellion design. And this guy lives in the UK. I've never met him. But after they picked him, I emailed them and was like, clearly our followers love you. Yeah. So you're now just the design guy for American Viking. Are you willing to do that? And he's like, yes. And he's great because I'll just email him and be like, Hey, I need this by tomorrow. And he'll create a design and send it to me. And so he did both the design for the filthy Viking and the Dama Volata. And just a fantastic guy who, I mean, he could be a terrible person. I don't know. I've never met him, <laughs> but a really good designer at the very least.
0: Well, yeah. And the design elements are really, really nice on the, um, you know, just the from the you know this. There's little snowflakes, you know, on here, and the uh, the sort of Nordic uh, do do with- Nordic knots, you know, that are on on here. It's it's
2: really and so and what- it's got nice sheen to it. I don't it think the camera's going to focus on this as well. But what you're looking at at the top of here, what you what you'd refer to as the snowflake, yeah. This is basic uh, on the sides. These are basic Nordic designs. This is called a Vigiseer. And okay. This is actually the Viking compass. Okay. And so, this is sort of about finding your way. And then behind the Filthy Viking, yeah, a lot of that, a lot of the uh, design I'm on here is just basic Nordic, you know, kind of stuff. But the uh, the Vigisir was kind of a cool, you know, initially he sent me the design for both the Filthy Viking and American Viking, had a big fat dude with a red beard with a <laughs> helmet with horns on it. And I was. I, I looked at the designs. I was like, dude, everybody knows that Vikings did not have horns on their helmets. And yeah. We make- yeah,
0: yeah,
2: we'll be answering questions for all eternity about that. So we just were like, let's go another direction. And we went, and he, the guy just killed it. I mean, he just slayed it on that. There's nothing better to me than, a, than having a really beautiful, amazing presentation on a cigar. And how me. about boxes?
1: Uh, do you guys do more than uh, retail boxes? Do you do uh, uh, bundles? What? you know, what, uh, what kind of uh... packaging packaging
2: That's <laughs> the, uh, for the, the packaging. I'll, I'll go get a box. Let me go get a box for you guys.
1: Yeah. Awesome. So guys,
0: if you're, uh, if you're watching along and listening along with us, um, American Viking cigars, uh, cigars daily. Um, Garrett is smoking the Dama Volata and I am smoking the filthy Viking. Um, we're both enjoying these quite a lot. And, and, and it's the first, ever that I've smoked first ever for yep. Garrett as well so um
1: and when you're smoking a you know a new cigar from a company that you know to be honest you know haven't it hasn't really taken off yet this is a, a pretty yeah. new you know cigar and cigar company um i'm always a little leery of uh, a yeah. new cigar understandable yeah. and i will you know i will never <laughs> boast about I wouldn't continue to give updates on a cigar that I really wasn't liking, despite having a guest on the show. 100% honest. This is a great cigar.
2: Okay, that's fantastic. It should it should be that way. Um, As far as the box design goes, this is the uh, these are the boxes. They're all cabinet style boxes, which is four rows of five cigars inside the box, Uh, and. Each one's got the cliche on the top and the front with the band design. Now, this was also this is this box is uh, something that we're wanting to do a little better. Probably going to start doing this design element in gold when we continue doing the boxes. But it's got the uh, seal of authenticity for the American Viking side uh, when shops get it. And that one thing that was a really big deal to me was having it so that the box is displayed on the shelf with the lid in the back. Yeah. If you don't put hinges on a box, it's kind of got to have its own, yeah. you know, in presentation. But, um, you know, it. but this was cool. Like I got to design cigar boxes. Like it was That's, great. How fun is that it's man? It's gotta be a blast. Gotta, dude. I've been th- I've been working in the cigar industry for five years thinking about all this stuff, you know, but, if I had my own brand, how would it be what would the bands look like what would it would it be called what would the boxes look like and then getting to go through that whole process is great yeah. just like it's like a dream come true
0: um one of our viewers Chad wants to know what uh what you're drinking what beer you're drinking with your uh, cigar
2: I'm drinking Corona familiar because
0: familiar I don't think I've ever seen that particular kind of corona
2: It's probably because you're not as close to Mexico as we are Everything nah, that America's would good. be
0: it. He's got
2: uh, this, just, this is a uh this happens to be at the carniceria across the street where I go to practice my Spanish um, with uh, with the workers over there. They had this Corona familiar, we just started buying it and never really stopped. <laughs> <laughs> so um
0: if you had to actually I'll two questions. First is out of all the blends from American Viking. If you had to choose one desert island cigar, which one would it be?
2: For me, it would be a hard choice between the Volada and the American Viking or okay. the Filthy Viking. Quite frankly, um, because the Filthy Viking is my stick. I mean, it's it's my it's my baby, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. But Volada is just it's it's very nice, like very smooth. It was it was everything I didn't know I really wanted in a cigar. So if it was one of the – if I had to pick one, it would be one of those two. And I, and I only say one of those two because I don't want to just say the Damo Volata, even though that's probably what it would be. <laughs> so in a sort
0: of similar question, you know, between – because you – and we've, we've talked to other people in the cigar industry about this who, who wear different hats. You know, you, you're, on the, you're on the retail side, you're a brand owner, and you do cigar media. And if you had to choose just one of those three, if, if for whatever reason you were forced to choose, which one of those three would you say, I have to keep doing this one, and the other two I'll let slide? That's the mean question. It's, Matt. A, it's a mean question, I know.
2: That's the hardest question I've ever been asked <laughs> with, with regards to cigars because I love the media side of it, I love it. But the thing that really blows my skirt up is the business of cigars. I love the cigar industry and the people that I get to work with. And when it comes to cigarsdaily.com, working with manufacturer to provide extra value for the people who shop on cigars daily, right? So I get to go and sit with the manufacturer and say, I want to do something amazing with your brand for cigars daily, you know, brokering those, those deals is like, it's just, it's, it's special for me. Yeah. Um, And then this is, this is all just, this is all just a wacky dream come true that I couldn't, I, I would have a very hard time answering that. But if I, if I had to say one, I would probably say the business of cigars. Yeah. You know, I I, it would be it would be hard for me to ever give up doing YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, social media, making videos and connecting with people. But really, the business of the cigar world, I I love it. Yeah, so
0: absolutely. It's it's there's so many great people in, Mm -hmm. in the business. And the great thing about, you know, the retail side of it is you get to meet so many just awesome people every day. And yeah. it's, I love it. I love it too. It's, it's
2: extraordinary. I like, I like asking cigar brand owners questions that that they don't get asked a lot in the cigar industry, even though in any industry, they're a, they're a standard. It's one of the things that sets cigars apart from a lot of other industries. There's a lot that hasn't been done in cigars that can be done. A yeah. lot of people are trying to do the new blend or do a new thing with cigars and they're not, and I think a lot of people are asking the wrong questions, but the, I mean, the basic question that I ask everybody is what sets your brand apart, especially when people are pitching a new brand for us to carry here at cigars daily. I'll ask them what sets your brand apart? Why the hell should I carry your cigars versus every other boutique brand out there? You know, even ones that people have actually heard of. Yeah. And I, you'd be amazed. Some people don't even have an answer for that question. They say, uh, cause the cigars are really good. Well, there's a lot of really good cigars out there. If it's not really good, it wouldn't be on the market. And there's yep. thousands of brands, so pick yeah. something else, please. Yeah. yeah. All right.
0: Let's uh, let's move into this week's smoke vocabulary word. And as always, guys. Smokabulary is brought to you by A.J. Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, A.J. Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The day-to-day operations at Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez are managed under the watchful eye of Mr. Fernandez himself in order to ensure superior quality. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of premium cigars provides blend, strength, and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Diaz de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from AJ Fernandez. So guys, this week's vocabulary word is hygrometer. Mm. So Garrett, when I say hygrometer,
1: mm-hmm. what's the first thing that comes to mind? Sprinkler system.
0: <laughs>
1: Gotta keep them moist. <laughs> Think, think cigars. Oh, you mean <laughs> you mean the little devices that read. It's not
0: vocabulary, it's smoke. Oh,
1: okay. Uh, the device that uh, either digitally or manually reads That's the right. humidity level.
0: So, this is, I, I took this out of uh, the upper half of my cabinet humidor. Uh, so, this is the hygrometer that I use. I got it off of Amazon. I, I, I bought two of them one for the lower half of the humidor, the other for the upper half. And this uh, you know this device you've got to have these in your humidor to keep your cigars. There are some that are uh, just a round dial with a needle on it. Um, they tend to be less accurate than the digital kinds, mm-hmm. and even the digital ones you have to calibrate. So yep. um, you can get nice calibration kits from Boveda, Um and you just want to keep your cigars properly. You want you want the relative humidity level, uh, and this this is a nice one because it does temperature and humidity. Uh, my humidor is in the basement of my house, which really stays at sixty-seven degrees year-round, uh, which is good. As you can see right now out here in the studio, it is eighty-two degrees, so you don't want to store your cigars at that temperature. And it's only fifty-nine percent humidity in here, which I think is—you uh, actually pretty good. It's, it's, it's not it's, bad. It's not bad for cigar storage, but mm-hmm. I don't—I don't store my cigars in—in—in in, in the studio here. Uh, but you gotta have a quality hygrometer in your humidor, even if it's a small desktop humidor that only holds, you know, about thirty cigars. Make sure that you have a well-calibrated hygrometer to keep your cigars somewhere in the range of sixty to seventy-two percent relative humidity. Um, if you get much below that, your cigars are going to be too dry.
2: You guys say sixty percent. Most uh, people say sixty-five is the bottom end. Well, so I've.
0: I've heard a wide range from a lot of different people. And I think one of the things that I've heard commonly throughout my smoking experience is, um, a lot of people who, who smoke a lot of Cuban cigars tend to store them at a lower relative humidity than they store cigars from Dominican Republic and Nicaragua and Honduras. Um, I don't have a lot of Cuban cigars in my humidor. Um, so I I keep the whole I keep the whole thing. Uh typically my sweet spot is uh, sixty-five is where I keep my humidor at is sixty-five. Um yep. sometimes it gets one or two points higher, one or two points lower, but it's usually around sixty-five for me.
2: Can I can I ask can I ask people to post what they keep their humidity at? Absolutely. Uh, yeah,
0: definitely, guys. Leave it in the comments here, whatever you keep your uh, your relative humidity in, in your uh, in your humidors.
1: And if you're going by to... Boveda Packs, let us know what Boveda Pack you're using.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Tim, to... this is kind of a regional question because for you being in Arizona, um, you have extremely high temperatures, but for the most part, you have relatively low uh, humidity just in, in room yeah. air. Is that correct?
2: Y- yes. And, uh, you know, I think the relative humidity here outside is like in high 30s, mid high, mid to high 30s, really yeah. low. And uh, in, inside it can get up as high as 40 or 45, you know, and, and when we first started out here, I was talking with other cigar shop owners. I was making content for the cigars daily channel and featuring some of their shops. And, you know, I, I was talking about it because in my mind, it's like, well, of course you would set your humidor at 72. You're in Arizona. Yeah. And they were like, well, you know, you don't want your cigar to be at 72. And then when you ship it, the humidity changes and then you end up with wrappers that explode when they arrive. Or right. Even I've heard cigar shop owners say that they find that to be an issue when they sell it with to people who are just driving back to their house 15, 20 minutes. So the recommendation to me here has been keep the humidor at 69%. And uh, we started doing that. We've had really, really, really good uh, success with humidification of our orders. We almost never, ever get complaints with dry cigars so it's been great and it's challenged me because i'm a 72 percent guy have been for almost 15 years and now i'm really actually pushing toward the higher 60s as my personal preference for humidity
0: yeah and i i also used to be a 72 guy i would only buy the 72 uh boveda packs but um you know then i i keep i keep a mixture of the 62s And the 69s, and that keeps me right about at the 65 level, which just works for me. And for us here in Minnesota, I mean, it's middle of summer right now. So it's. But we fluctuate. Yeah, the fluctuations. So in January, for example, it can be, you know, 10 degrees below zero Fahrenheit with a relative humidity of 2%. Yeah. So you take a cigar out of your humidor. And if it's at 72, you take that cigar out of your humidor and you go to light it up and it it will it will snap in half and you'll hear it. Mm-hmm. You will hear it pop open. And the same is true in the summer because Minnesota is essentially just a big swamp with a bunch of lakes <laughs> peppered in between. And yeah. in the summer, we can have temperatures you know into the into the 90s and relative humidity of 85 percent easily. So you take a cigar out of your humidor that's stored at 60% and that thing will, you can actually see the wrapper start to take on humidity in the air. When you sit on your front porch and you go to light it up and you actually, the the wrapper actually looks like uh, it starts to get wrinkly because it gets so humid so quickly. uh, And, you know, sometimes just becomes uh, unsmokable. So, yeah, you have to deal, and everybody. I mean, we're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of sixty nines tier, seventies uh, uh, in the comments, sixty seven. Um, I'd say right now, sixty nine is the front runner. So yeah,
1: and that's what I use. Um, so I I have you know a handful of different humidor's, but my main big humidor um, I use um, an Oasis. Um, I've had that thing for almost 10 years now and it is just, it's always awesome for me. And yeah, I've
0: heard great things about Oasis from a lot of people.
1: And I keep it at 69 and it lets me know if, hey, I need a little bit more juice. And You lack like of the juice? I lack like of the juice. You lack like of the juice. Um, like um, like let's move into this week's, or sorry,
0: that was this week's vocabulary Word brought to you by AJ Fernandez. And now it is time for Numero de los Muertos.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, yeah. Numero de los <laughs> Muertos is brought to you by Oveja Negra Brands. They bring you premium smoking experiences forged from tobacco time and talent. Comprised of Black Label Trading Company, Blackwork Studio, Dissident, and Emilio. Oveja Negra Brands provide smokers uncompromising blends renowned for their flavor and lasting impression. Oveja Negra, where art and tobacco collide. Join the flock. Visit ovejanegrasigars.com to learn more. You guys. All right. This week nice. is a fun one. The, uh, the number is 48,507.
0: Now, that's oddly specific.
1: It is. And. Um, <laughs> It's going to be so fun. Um, this number, whatever you're thinking, just kind of throw it out the window because we're going way outside of the box on this week's numero de los muertos. Okay. Um, this, uh, so you could say this number started in 1974. Um, and, uh, uh between 74 and 2017. Um, and uh, to get you going, I am going to say this is in the world of fiction.
0: The world of fiction? So, wait. So, Do
2: you I can mean, guess in this? What's yeah,
0: that? yeah, we're, so we're going to guess. That. Yeah. And viewers, guess along with us. Um, so, between 1974 and 1917, 2017. Or, sorry, two, uh, hello, <laughs> 2017. 43,000, 48,000, 48,507 people died from this. Yeah. But they're fictional people? Fictionally. Yeah, yeah. They're not, not, these weren't actual deaths. Correct. So in some fictional universe between 1974 and 2017, 48,507 people died from this. Yep.
2: Died from this, but fictional deaths.
0: Correct. Chad has a good guess. It can't,
2: be, it can't be anything video game, or the numbers would be in the billions.
0: Viking pillaging deaths.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is an excellent guess. That is. I love it. Um all right, so fictional. Um I don't think Chad should be allowed
1: to guess anymore.
0: Yeah, Chad Chad has been very good with the guesses for the last few weeks. Yeah. And Chad really was a regular viewer because <laughs> Last week I think Chad nailed it after about 30 seconds. He just he did landed right on the answer. So yeah. this is, is a hard one though. This has got to be a hard one. Very difficult one because it's not real.
1: Yeah, and I guarantee if you were to probably google that specific number, you would you would find it rather quickly. So I'm going to ask people not to google that number. Um <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, yeah, because people always so listen. I'm
2: holding my, in my hand. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I'm right. afraid. I myself So, right. Is this. Rick Knight says The Rebellion. Rick Knight says The Rebellion.
0: The Rebellion. Oh, like Star Wars.
1: Oh, uh-huh. that is a good one. Uh, no.
0: So is this a work of literature or a series of books? Yes. Oh. I'm using books loosely. Starting in 1974. hmm. Books is
2: loosely. So this could be where they wrote the movie. They wrote the book after the movie.
0: No. Is the
2: literature is just,
0: but only it only was alien abductions.
2: Oh,
0: alien abductions. Is it alien? No, it is not, but this it stopped in 2017.
1: Well, that's when the numbers. So that number will probably climb. um, When the next one comes out.
0: Mike's got. a thought of this actually, wearing the red uniform in Star Trek. <laughs> that is a great.
1: I thought of that too, Mike. That's a great guess. I love it. It's not Star Trek universe.
2: Oh. Oliver from United Cigars is on. He said the number of times Kenny's died on South Park. I love that.
1: <laughs> I love that.
2: They killed Kenny.
1: Yeah, I that's don't know. a great, great guess. I don't think it's up that high. Um. Okay, so. And it's not orcs. Orcs is a really good guess.
2: Oh, orcs!
1: Can we get a can we
2: get a can we get a genre of uh, loosely based literature? Would that give it away? Um,
1: we're gonna say um, you can. Uh, this would be so. Literature would be yes, Chad. It is comic book literature.
2: So, oh. Okay, is, that's it a... all,
1: is it all comic books,
0: or is it mm-hmm. one particular um, yep, it's one universe? Yep, one particular. Um, all right, so we, let's start naming off. Uh, are you
2: guys Marvel guys, or are you guys DC guys?
0: I am, well, I love both, but. I was always more of a DC guy until Aquaman came out and Aquaman was one of the worst movies ever made in the history of film. I mean, what a steaming pile. Just horrible, horrible movie.
1: But it was better than Green
0: Lantern. Uh, it was better than Green Lantern. What about you, Tim? Are you Marvel?
2: So, I'm a Marvel guy, 100%. Yeah. And I was never a comic book guy as a kid either. I just saw the movies with my own kids. And I was like, this is way better. So
1: um, Uh, not in the Lord. uh, And um, John, that is uh, no, it is not. That is uh, it's not just the Marvel universe.
0: Um, Is it uh, nameless
1: Joker henchman? Oh gosh, that's good. No, it is. Um, it is not DC.
0: Not DC. Okay, that narrows it down. You
2: said not only the Marvel Universe. So, this is something that could be in the Marvel Universe, but also on its own. All right.
0: So, it is Marvel. It is Marvel. <laughs> it is Marvel. Okay.
2: Is it the number of uh, uh, Thanos' soldiers killed
1: in battle? Ooh, that's a good guess, too. No. Um all right it is one person who is responsible for those deaths Stanley <laughs> <laughs> There you go I love it and uh another hint is uh this is not one of Stanley's creations not one of Stanley's creations um, they are mostly revenge killings.
2: Mostly. Was uh? Was the who's the archer? What's his name? Hawkeye.
1: Hawkeye. Oh yeah. Nope.
2: Hawkeye. Nope. No, he was. No. He went into a really vengeful bout for a while. Yep. So did is, the Black Widow.
0: Is this, a very. Is this character? um a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes.
1: But I will say uh well no, not cinematic.
0: Okay, so not but, in the series of movies. Correct.
1: But there has been but there has series. been a series of films made the
0: Punisher
2: with-
1: it is the Punisher.
2: Yes! Oh, yes! I feel so good about that. Okay.
1: Frank Castle.
2: Like something. All right.
1: So Frank Castle is responsible for nearly fifty thousand revenge killings.
2: Wow. As he should be, because everything he does is great. Have you seen the Netflix series? <sighs> I have. have I, seen? I
0: have not. I have not. Oh, I, yes. I. I. It's on my list of stuff to watch, but. Um. Yeah. Skip with-
2: all the Marvel stuff on there and just watch that.
1: Okay, so, dude, so good, and uh, hopefully Disney Plus will uh, um, pick it up again. Because, um, as we know, the um... yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna be okay. good here. Okay, um, but so uh, Frank yeah, Castle, Frank Castle,
0: Frank Castle has. These are confirmed kills in in the book in the
1: comic books. So uh, there's this there's this long great article about a guy who um, took and researched from comic book to the series on Netflix of uh, all of the the deaths that he created and came up with the estimated. Um, 48,507.
0: I'm sorry. I just thought of something. Can you imagine how different those, the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies would have been if Frank Castle would have been a part of that team? Oh, my God. If oh, yeah. Been part of the Avengers. Oh, yeah. oh, give me a break. That would have been. Yeah. The show,
2: <laughs> just to give you an idea, my friends in Phoenix, we measure movies and shows based on what we call the STF quotient, uh, which stands for. Shots to the face quotient. <laughs> shots in the face. And if you measure it by that, The Punisher is the greatest TV show ever made.
0: All right, I have to watch it. I, I, yes. I am a big fan of the movie from, from a few years back. Um, so, yeah, I definitely have to. I have the to show,
2: be- that's the movie chain. It
0: okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, so that is this week's Numero, Numero de los, de los muertos. muertos. All right, Tim, so a little bit of a lightning round. If you could choose to hear the thoughts of one living person for ten
2: minutes, who would it be and why? Go, oh, Donald Trump, and that's not a political move. I just want—I would just want to hear. I would just want to
1: number hear. one
0: answer. Number one answer—that is the most popular answer. And okay. and everybody's in the same boat. Everybody, regardless of which side they're on, they just want to know what the hell's going on up there.
2: <laughs> yep. yep, yep. Whether you love him or hate him, you, you want to know. Yeah.
0: Yep. All right. So, if you were about to get into a fight, what soundtrack music would come on?
2: Um. Oh. Uh. Guardians of the Galaxy two. Ooh, nice. I like that. Very good. All right. Choose one of the
0: following, and I know you're not a sports guy, but still, choose one of the following. You could hit a home run as a starting pitcher. You could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman, or you could score a goal in a hockey game as the goalie.
2: Well, I've seen hockey goalies score goals, and it's typically when they accidentally hit the puck into their own uh, goal. So, yeah. But in football, it's worth the most points. So I would go with the touchdown. I like that. That's, yeah. Yeah,
1: We've never had that logic put into this.
2: Most points. Because you've never had an idiot answer the question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's perfect. Um, All right. So being in so many different areas of the cigar business, what's the number one piece of advice that you give to brand new premium cigar consumers?
2: Uh, When people just get into this, and I get them here at the Cigars Daily HQ all the time, Uh, I tell them, you are at the best, most exciting part of your journey in cigars because every great stick you'll ever smoke is still ahead of you. So try everything. And I'm sure that people get that a lot. Try everything. But truly, like don't discriminate. Even if you see a stick you don't think you'll like. Try it out. Just give it a try. And and this is auxiliary, but but related. I tell people that if you're going to give a cigar a chance, not every cigar you're going to love the first time because you just ate something or or you drank something or your palate is off for some reason. So I tell people, grab two of a stick, one to test, one to rest, and just give it a few months. Like, try the first one. And even if you loved it, try it again after a few months and see if you still love it, right?
0: Yeah. That's my, that's my yeah. Thought. All right. So uh, let's talk about a, a notable smokable for the week. Um Mine was a gift from a good friend of ours here, uh, Minnesota Hurf connection. Our great Facebook cigar group here for Guzzle. all our all our Minnesota cigar smokers. But Joe Guzman gave me one of these, uh, the the Hirsch E. Garcia from uh, it's a it's a it's a house brand, sort of a house brand for Cigar King, and uh, it's it's blended by the the great uh, Don Papine Garcia. Uh, and got this very simple red band, simple text on the band, nothing fancy. Uh, but I smoked it a couple days ago, or maybe it was yesterday. Um, it was very recent uh, and very nice cigar. Um, very textbook Garcia blend, but lots of nuance to it. Not overpowering, but it you could definitely taste that that uh, papine spice throughout. And uh, Covered Foot, which I'm a huge fan of a Covered Foot cigar because, you know, sometimes you light it up and you get that blast of wrapper right at the beginning. And, and I, I loved it. I thought it was a great cigar. So uh, kudos. Thanks to Joe Guzman for that cigar. Um, Tim, what's something that you've smoked in the last week or two that it could be something that's been on the market forever that you revisited and went, wow, I forgot how great this cigar is or something brand new to the market that you just tried and it really knocked your socks off?
2: So I've been talking about, for the last couple of months, bringing in a new brand on CigarsDaily.com, carrying a new line we've never carried before. And I'm a lot more gun-shy about doing that now than I was when we first started. I take a lot more time to pick. And I was trying to pick, and we finally brought in uh, Espinosa. And so Espinosa cigars are actually available as of this afternoon. But in that process, a lot of cigar reps were bringing me cigars of stuff to carry. And one of them was my rep for Agagnorsa Leaf and uh, Agagnorsa cigars. And he brought me just this last week a lunatic that was like a seven by seventy, which is not a size I care to ever smoke. But he handed it to me and I lit it up and it was great. It was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do good work.
1: They definitely. do. And those big ring gauges, I'm with you, man. They're they're not my jam, but that is a damn good cigar. It's good.
2: It's yeah. hard to argue with.
1: I had uh so uh, me and a buddy went down to, um, the Mississippi river today and, uh, sat out on a bluff overlooking the river and sat there and smoked a Siglo three. Um, and it was a fantastic cigar and an even better conversation, which just, and the scenery was, uh, amazing, which, you know, that whole experience together was just, it was money.
0: Yeah. Yeah, sometimes the experiences. I mean, you can you can have a you can have an okay cigar in a beautiful setting, and it just makes the cigar light years better. Um, but then having a f- phenomenal cigar uh, in a beautiful setting just makes it off the charts, fantastic. Um, th- I, actually, we normally don't take questions this late, but I this one's interesting to me. So, I Dave like is it. Dave is saying, "I'm in the Northwest. What are your thoughts?" On the almost impossible venture of getting into the cigar industry industry in my region, um, Dave, I'll just jump in really quick. I would say, Dave, if you're passionate enough about it and it's and it's something that that you care enough about, that you'll you'll find a way to make it happen. And it's not yep. it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a gravy train. But um, if if you Put in the, the time and the effort and, and and you have the passion to just keep at it, then the sky's the limit, really. Um, so, you know, I, I wish you all the luck in the world. Um, can, I, can I chime please, in on that? Please do.
2: And uh, You know, the Northwest is a, is a really challenging part of the world for cigars. Uh, the majority of people that I've talked to who work in the cigar industry in America started off just like I did working in a cigar shop as a clerk. Uh, I mean, people, I mean, everyone from cigar shop owners to cigar brand representatives to cigar brand owners who are not myself, like guys who just got a part time job at a cigar shop, started learning a little bit about the industry, got swept off their feet, and then just absolutely loved it. Uh, and so that's, and and there's, a, there's some windows on some things like starting your own brand that you may look into. It takes money and time and a lot of energy to do something like that, but. It, you know that's something you could do almost no matter where you are
1: yeah. yeah and it would you know really help too to reach out to some local representatives to uh, help you get on board with uh you know fighting the fight that you'd have ahead of you yeah um, if you have any of those you know reps behind you in that that could go a long way
0: yeah really get get into you know get relationships with your local reps your state reps Learn as much as you can about the regulations in your locality, in your state, and then get in touch with groups like the PCA and the CRA, and learn how you can get involved with. Because there are subgroups and local groups that you can get involved with to help, um, you know, fight the fights in the area that you're in specifically. Yep. Um, we we had it happen here in Minnesota where. The, the premium cigar tax. And we talked about this with him before we went live. The, the premium cigar tax here was uh, pretty outrageous. And uh, we had some great reps and people from um, people from the PCA and CRA that worked together with uh, with state lawmakers to make a change. And we have uh, a considerably lower premium cigar tax than we did. A few years ago. So it is possible to make some inroads and uh, make changes. So just keep, you know, uh, I would start out by learning as much as you can about the local regulations. And then, you know, just get your feet on the ground and start moving. Yep. Um, So guys, for those of you watching and listening next week. On June 23rd, we are going to welcome Enrique Sanchez from Global Premium Cigars slash 1502 Cigars. Uh, he's a guy I've known for a few years. We got to hang out in Nicaragua for a while. Uh, we're very excited to have him come on the show next week and tell us about 1502 cigars. Um, so, Tim, he's, awesome. he's a great guy. He's he's and I'm he just excited awesome to have him on because he's uh, he's he's one of the most energetic, kind people that I've ever had the chance to meet and we're excited to have him on. Definitely. Uh, Tim, give everybody a final idea on where is the best place for them to keep up with everything from American Viking Cigar Company.
2: So American Viking cigars.com. That's where you guys can find our brick and mortar partners is a growing list there. Uh, Also a lot of information on the blends, everything like that. You can follow American Viking cigars on Facebook, also on Instagram at American Viking Cigars. Uh, I'm on Facebook as well as Tim H. Swanson, and on Instagram as Smoke Viking.
0: Fantastic, Tim! Awesome. Thanks so much for being on the yeah, show man. tonight. We're glad it finally worked out, and and yep. we had a blast spending some time with you and learning about stuff tonight. Thank you.
2: This is a cool privilege for me, guys. Thank you so much for
0: letting me hang with you. Absolutely. So guys, as always, if you have any questions, you can hit us up on HowBoutThatCigar.com. Sign up for the email list. Follow us on social media at HBT Cigar. And until we see you next time, burn cigars, not
1: bridges.